Welcome to the Good Times Are Killing Us podcast, where we explore the history, the good, the bad, and the ugly of the most controversial people, movements, and organizations in our modern world. It's your boy, Marquise, and I am joined virtually by K-Town. K-Town! And David. Your boy. And we're here to talk about the one and only princess of fucking pop, a fucking icon. Wait, it's... 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 Whoa, whoa, princess, she's the fucking queen, bro. <laughs> it's Britney, oh, bitch. bitch. Yo, this, I, I'm so excited for this episode because, like, I, this is my first time really listening to Britney Spears as we were doing this research, and I'm, I'm so stoked for this episode. This is good. Yeah, because awesome. she's amazing. She is amazing. Absolutely. Amazing performer. You know what's amazing? Lovely. Following us on social media, baby. Yeah, make sure you follow us on Facebook at the Good Times Are Killing Us Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Good Times Killing Us Podcast, no spaces. And you can follow us on Twitter at Good underscore Times underscore Dead. And actually, K Town, don't you have a review on Twitter? Yeah, I got a review on the fucking Twitter, bro. Yeah, Yo. so you can you can leave its reviews anywhere, preferably on Apple iTunes with a five star rating. But anywhere you leave us a review, we'll read it on the cast. Hell yeah, even it's on Twitter, baby. We're gonna we're gonna try to see it the best we can. So this is from at Hughes is lit. I think LT. Anyway, this is from Gray. <laughs> one of my Gray. favorite pod. One of my favorite podcasts right now is. At good times, it's always entertaining, mostly educational, and the hosts have amazing chemistry. Highly recommend. And then three thumbs up emojis. Thank amazing. you, King. Amazing. Yo, shout out to you, you, Gray. King. Gray's like one of my uh, my best friends from like way, ba- way, way back in the day. So it's great to see like you know people connecting to what we're doing, like like friends and extended. I mean, fans. We've got like so many new listeners every month. It's amazing. So thank you all so much for your support. Hell yeah, mostly educated. We love you. We love ya. All right, so it's Britney, bitch. So we got to get into, like, uh, we're going to get into the history of Britney Spears, her music career, all the way up to all the crazy conservatorship that's going on right now, which is really what even qualifies her for this episode in general. Which, by the way, actually, shout out, this is our first woman episode. Oh, uh, congratulations. Ladies! Ladies. I think we need to thank ourselves for being uh, so incredible to... To show representation, I think we should thank yeah. ourselves for this. Yeah, nobody You're else. So welcome. We stepped away from the patriarchy to give you the honor of being on our podcast. Just yep. three yep. dudes telling you the story of a woman. Yeah, yeah, just three <laughs> dudes. Yeah, we've got we three know cis males. <laughs> yeah, telling you the truth about women. So before we get into her history, what is y'all's truth with Britney Spears? Like where, where did, what did Britney mean to you when she blew up? Like, where were you? How, how did it kind of impact your life? And even like through the years, what was Britney to you? I remember it pretty, uh, pretty fucking clearly, man. Like I was, when Britney dropped with the baby one more time, I think it was like 99. I was 12 when that dropped. So I was like already into like my adolescent like you know angst and stuff and like this was like pop music was like the thing to like hate on and stuff at the time so and i was already into like new metal and corn and shit so like yeah in that world all that shit is just dildos fucking exactly but it was huge it was like looking back i'm like that's how big it was that like we had to acknowledge it just to hate on it and stuff you know but like i i remember her being around like you know back then and um 
But over time, like, as I got older, I still remember, like, new Britney songs, like, dropping. And I was like, oh, this is a bop, hearing songs here and there. And, like, being, thinking, like, that's pretty cool. And I had heard about some kind of, like, relationship with her father and something where she was, like, in in some kind of, like, legal stuff where she couldn't mm-hmm. do anything. I heard that, like, a few years ago. But other than that, you know, she was always on my radar, but never paying too much close attention. But But, but did you, like like Britney Spears? Like, when you listen to new Britney Spears, you're like, oh, sick. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I remember okay. there was a song with her and, like, Will he I Am. He just won't tell the homies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a song with her, like, Will I Am, that, like, back in the day, I, that, I used to love that song, dude. Like, and, um, so she had a few songs that, that would penetrate into my life, even though I wasn't into pop music at all. But, like, hell yeah. Definitely, definitely recognizing that iconography. I kind of came from a similar thing where, like, when I was young, I didn't really get into music. Like it was, I didn't. I don't think I started getting into like like bands and stuff like that until I was thirteen or fourteen. So like, I kind of like, I always knew about Britney Spears. Like when I was like nine, ten, twelve years old, you know, like I remember Britney Spears was always like there um, because she was just ubiquitous throughout. Like I think, I mean, I want to say American culture, but I probably like worldwide, right? Yeah, worldwide, yeah, like a household name, maybe. Yeah, she's like she was kind of a. Uh, turn into a sort of god in a way like even if you didn't like like everybody knew who britney spears was and for me like kind of going like growing up in like kind of the the kind of punk scene and all that britney spears was always like so recognized in that world that that was just the brunt of any you know joke about like mainstream artists you know where it's like what you've been listening to man you know britney spears and it's just like ha never (laughs) not us bro i would never be a poser yeah exactly just uh, exactly that kind of punk attitude but um i got so honestly i always kind of ignored her um but since doing research for this episode i've realized that a lot of like pop music that i'd heard like pop hits that i thought were like cool for pop music was britney spears and i didn't even realize like a lot of her later music i didn't even realize was her i just thought it was some miscellaneous pop star um and doing the research for this episode like I'm like, like I'm. I feel like a fan, honestly. I feel like I legitimately fuck with Britney Spears now. One hundred percent, dude. One hundred percent. But I mean, uh, but we're gonna be getting into a lot more than just um, uh, the good side. But K Town, where you coming in on Britney? Let me set the stage for you. It's 1999. Young K Town was a young, church going boy. Bill who's... Clinton was president. I had a full head of hair, no beard. Um, I was going to church. I was forced to go to church every Sunday. I was forced to wear Christian t-shirts to school. You know, uh, my mom got, my mom got me this really, what kind of Christian t-shirts? She got me this really, she made me wear this really fucking dorky, dumb. Like, I can't tell you how much I fucking hated this thing, but like, it was like a Lord of the Rings shirt, but instead of Lord of the Rings, it was the King of Kings. Oh, King of the Kings. <laughs> that was the type of shit I had to fucking wear to public school. And was, like, I had to hit it. I got Gollum bullied. on that shirt? It's like the devil? <laughs> no, no. It was, it was, <laughs> a, a, it was a cross. Yeah, yeah. God, the King dude. of the Kings. True, true. <laughs> so where does Brittany come into this? Um, so, like I was saying, you know, I, I wasn't allowed to listen to, like, cool music or shit. You know, I was I was a good Christian boy. And then one day on TRL, this beautiful angel came out with her midriff and started belting out a song. And it was the most beautiful thing I ever saw. And then it turns out she was a Southern Baptist, too. So it was okay yeah. that, that I had a poster of her on my wall. And I, I fell in love. Uh, Britney Spears was, was my first true love. 
Um, I love my girlfriend with all my heart. I'm going to spend the rest of my life with her. But if Britney Spears was to DM me right fucking now and tell me, K-Town, I'm in love with you. Come, Come move in with me. I'm leaving her. I'm leaving Kaylee. I'm coming to Malibu. I'm spending the rest of my days with Britney. It is what it is. Um, I It just is what it is. Like, so, like, I loved her so much. Like, I, I wasn't even, like, horny yet. I was nine. I didn't know, like that I wanted to, like, be horny for things. Just I was just in it. love with her. Yeah, I just yeah. loved her. Pure you just love. found pure, pure Christian love. Yeah, pure Christian love for Britney Spears. Yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. nothing but Christian and love. And I think that story, so, like, would resonate with, like, millions? Yeah, definitely, Hundreds definitely. of thousands, at least, of American, like, teenage boys of that age. Like, Britney yeah. was, like, a fucking sexual awakening for a lot of teenage boys. Yeah, And, like, uh, an entryway into music, I think, for a lot of teenage girls and stuff. Maybe a sexual awakening as well. Yeah, she was there with me all through puberty, dude. <laughs> yeah. Then, it just I mean, kept getting hotter, though, honestly. Yeah, I mean, she, yeah, she kind of just play, became, like, play the Play new... for you, bro. Oh, we're going to get to it. <laughs> we're going to get to that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she kind of became like the like big like Madonna, Marilyn Monroe type figure of America, and she kind of just became an icon, like totally um, a pure icon in turn in like our culture. Like no matter who you are, no matter where you're living, you know of Britney Spears, and it's bizarre out the gate. Yeah, out the gate yeah. in life, you're born, and they're like, hey, and you're just there's Britney bitch playing in the fucking background. She had more of an impact on culture and music. Than the Beatles, bro. I'm not gonna nerd out on you right now. I'm just gonna let that slide. <laughs> that's a heavy. That's a that's a hot take. I think, so I like think she won't she won't sing about being a fucking walrus, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that walrus shit took us back. Like, dude, we would have been in a far off advanced world if they hadn't written that fucking "I'm a Walrus" song. God damn the Beatles. But for, fortunately, Britney Spears caught up, uh, caught us right back up with the, where the Beatles left us off in society. So um, y'all ready to get into the story of the actual human being that is not a god, that is just a normal, everyday fucking person that was catapulted into fame and fortune? Do y'all want to yeah, hear? Bro. Do y'all want to hear the tale? You want to hear it? The the tale of Darth Spears, the tragedy of Darth Spears. Honestly, yep, there it is. I think we want to introduce a new segment later today too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> All right, so Britney Spears was born in Macomb, Mississippi on December 2nd, 1981, where she was baptized as a Southern Baptist, and she that's where she got her start singing in uh, church choirs. Praise be. Yeah, so really, like, what your story is, K-Town, is, like, exactly what it's supposed to be. You're yeah. She was singing, like, since she was young. She always had an, uh, an affinity for singing and dancing and performing, and... Uh... From an early age, I think like three, she started to show interest in the singing, and uh, her mm -hmm. parents took interest in that. Yeah, well, they just like pursued it, which I mean, overall, at that point, good parents, right? Seemingly good parents. Yeah. But we're dealing with Southern Baptist here, so <laughs> so this is kind of the, the average life of like a Southern Baptist. Her father was a verbally and even physically abusive alcoholic who was always trying his hand at these new little small business ventures just to fail time and time and time again. He was just failing all over the place and came back home and was drunk and an asshole. Yeah, James Spears, or better known as Jamie, Jamie Spears, was uh, he was just an old country boy, man, you know? <laughs> he, he just wanted to, you know, drink and just and just hang, man. Maybe we'll mow some lawns today, and maybe we'll slap some paint on something tomorrow. 
<laughs> so so she had a new metal upbringing. Yes, yes, <laughs> a brutal up, upbringing. Which is, I mean, the but what I'm hearing, uh, the verbally abusive thing is like is like super corroborated. Physically abusive is, is allegedly, but I don't know, man. He might have been that guy. Real I, son he of seems bitch. like a piece of the shit. So yeah, but Brittany's mom. Look how, him up. Look at this dude. Yeah, look at this dude real quick. Um, oh, we're gonna have a lot to say about him later on. I mean, throughout the entire episode, really. Um, but despite like the dad like trying to make money with all this stuff, he wasn't really super supportive of what Brittany was doing. But Brittany's mom uh, discovered and really believed in Brittany's talent, so she started getting her involved with like these sing and dance programs and competitions from a very young age. Yeah, she would send Brittany out with uh, to like talent shows, any pretty much anything and everything in the area that Lynn Spears could get Brittany to perform at or sing at. She had her doing like if mm-hmm. it was talent shows, if it was a church outing or or uh even pageants or anything mm-hmm. yeah i think at some point like uh the dad who's trying to he's trying he's just kind of a swindler type of guy trying to make a buck somehow and then all of a sudden he realizes he's like wait a second wait my dad is doing these pageants maybe this can be my next big business venture and then the family starts to really rely on her and they start getting like really ambitious and they're trying to make the next move so the family eventually moved to kentwood louisiana and when Brittany was just eight years old, her mother drove her to Atlanta, Georgia, to audition for the Mickey Mouse Club. But Brittany was still way too young because uh, her mother had to, like, her mom had to lie about her age on paper even to get her the audition. So just super fucking out the gate, just like so ambitious. Yeah, very ambitious. And even uh, the people at the Mickey Mouse Club then like recognized her talent and were yeah. like, you know, this is sick, but she's just too young. But tries back in a couple years. Yeah, and we'll get to that like very soon. So yeah, despite being so, de- they were grooming her. Yeah, one hundred percent. Despite being denied by the Mickey Mouse Club, she did catch the eye of a New York City talent agent who encouraged her to roll at the New York School of Performing Arts. So the family packed up their bags to move to the Big Apple in hopes that Brittany would strike gold for the family. Brittany, baby, you gotta come to New York. You gotta <laughs> dance a little bit for me. Dude, this was like a whole big deal in Kentwood. Like they had, she performed at this like baseball game and like said a goodbye speech. The mayor made it like Britney Spears Day or some That's shit. That's so wild. Yeah, yeah like, she was like, before she did anything big. So she was a little mini celebrity even in our town before yeah. like moving on to like Broadway and shit. Oh, dude, Britney Lynn was a big deal in uh, Kentwood. Yeah, so it's like she's moving off to New York. She's <laughs> she's really doing. It. She's gonna put Kentwood on the map. She's finally someone's not on meth. <laughs> so in 1990 and 1991 she performed as a dancer in several off-broadway musicals and commercials before becoming a contestant on star search in 1992 which is her first like exposure to you know big time television it was a big blow this was a big like deal for her she got like on tv she didn't win i think she yeah. like came a runner-up or something like that but like she was on tv yeah that's huge dude imagine what it's like for the pe- for the person that fucking like actually won that <laughs> yeah <laughs> who <laughs> like yeah because you know they did shit with their lives and like <laughs> you beat britney spears and what the fuck did you do nothing yeah you think they're still like saying that like in the bars and shit like Probably. i beat britney on star search in 92 dude i fucking would every fucking <laughs> oh, chance yeah. i got That'd, that'd be, be in my fucking resume, dude. That'd be on my fucking. <laughs> that'd be my fucking birth certificate. It'd be fucking on my uh, my gravestone and everything. That would be the, my defining feature. I'm so, applying for a delivery job at Domino's, and I'm putting that in my fucking like about you on the <laughs> little fucking resume. 
You might get I hired, beat Britney too. Spears, bitch. I'd like, hire you hired. just to hear the story. So by the end of that same year, Britney once again auditioned for the Mickey Mouse Club, this time getting accepted as an official cast member, once again moving the family way down to Orlando in Florida. Yeah, now this is the big, big break, man. Yeah. She's she's performing, and, like, they're doing everything on this show, too. I never really – the show is a little before my time, but, like – they're like performing and singing and dancing, doing comedy skits and the shit. The comedy skits is what kills me. Like seeing like the clips of that, I was just like, Really? Like these just little kids doing little skits. They're like, Yeah, you know, like telling little dumb jokes and stuff. But that's these, the beginning of all the Nickelodeon shit that we see really today. I'm gonna say, the yeah, these were not regular little kids. These were kids who were like since they were the age of like probably six or seven, knew yeah. what they wanted to do and had honed this fucking like personality performance like mentality. They pretty much took these kids out of, like, their mother's homes and threw them into military camp. And then when they all hit 13, they made them kill a slave in the street. Jesus. I mean. Uh, like the Spartan. Um, it's a Spartan joke. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the Spartans yeah, did. They're definitely on some whole other shit. They're, like, definitely, like, inhuman in that way. Yeah. But this is crazy. I mean, I mean, yeah. She wasn't alone in terms of being this, like, new just species of, like, child star. She was also with Ryan Gosling, Christina Aguilera, and her future lover, Justin Timberlake, baby. Mm. Justin fucking Timberlake, baby. That ramen noodled head cultural appropriation piece of shit. Yeah, that sounds, <laughs> what is that it sounds like some hate. What, what, what culture yeah. is he uh, appropriating? I don't, I don't really know much about Justin Timberlake, honestly. The black oh, culture. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. JT appropriating some black culture a little bit. Ah, uh, he do be doing that. <laughs> yep. Um, so, and he and he got away with ripping a titty out on fucking live TV, and the person that got in trouble for it was a black woman. Not that, him, is, I, that was wild. Yeah, that was wild. you know Good what? Point. I forgot about that. You're right, K Town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck Justin Timberlake. Yeah, fuck. Justin. Yeah, fuck Justin Timberlake. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Brittany and the gang went on to perform on the Mickey Mouse Club until it was canceled in 1996, and Brittany and her family moved back to Louisiana. Like they just so like they moved to New York and then to Orlando, and they're just like. All right, fucking just move back to Louisiana, where mm. she apparently tried to live a normal high school lifestyle. Yeah, this is probably the only, like, regular teenager year for Brittany, actually, because she was, like, back in Kentwood, back in high school, like, playing on the basketball team and fucking going to prom and just doing regular teenage kid shit. But Yo, you think, you think Brittany was shooting threes, bro? Fuck no. She ain't got no jumper. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, she ain't got no jumper. <laughs> Hell no. I would be so stoked to see that actually. If like a video surface of, of like Britney Spears, there, there might be a video. We probably could. That's why she has like one of those like yeah, probably. been scrubbed. Yeah. What if she had like one of those like hoop dreams like mixtapes of like her just <laughs> balling motherfuckers out, dude? Nah, it's Brick City with Britney. I'm sure. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's here's what's crazy is I've actually heard from some sources that like a lot of people believe she didn't even actually graduate high school. So, like, she pretty much just came back from all this, like, big-time stuff, came back, and was just still just grinding, trying to work shit out, and just pretty much failed high school. Apparently, she only passed the ninth grade, according to some sources. Fuck, what? Really? Yeah. Yeah, so this is all just bullshit. Because, like, you can't have a high school dropout as, like, that fucking person they're about to turn her into soon. So, around the mid-90s, teen pop groups were proving to be a huge success in Europe. So, American record labels wanted to cash in and resume where Michael Jackson and Madonna left off in the 80s before rock music's random stint has the most popular genre during the grunge era of the early 90s. So, they're just like, bring it back, baby. We can't have these grunge boys fucking shit up for us anymore, baby. Bro, grunge fucking blows, dude. The most sellout fucking culture ever. (laughs) 
I mean, it's so weird. Like when you think about that, grunge was like the biggest thing just for like five years. Never in pop music is that ever really, you know, it's weird. But they're trying to get it back. And there was just like a percolation chamber pretty much like in Europe and especially Sweden for this type of shit. Well, yeah, on the other side of the water, they were living the pop music dream. We didn't have it like they had over there. There's a shit ton of like these like boy and girl bands that were going on pretty much at the same time as like grunge and rock and roll over here that like we never really heard of. And they were trying to bring that on this side, baby. They weren't trying to, trying to tap into that, like, you know, uh, girl band market. The boy band thing was starting to, like, kind of jump off with bands like NSYNC and a couple other ones and Backstreet Boys. And with the Spice Girls kind of finally coming over, some of these industry dudes were like, hey, man, let's the girl thing can go, too, man. Pop mm-hmm. music. Yeah, I got, uh, I got a point real quick. Go. I got a point real quick. <laughs> nice. Oh, I li- good good point. That's excellent. <laughs> hot take, baby. God damn. <laughs> Yo, that shit was hot. <laughs> but yeah, so in like 1997, she was actually in talks to join uh, her own pop group because everyone was like, yeah, the pop groups are what it is. And they tried to get her to join a group called Innocence, spelled I-N-N-O-S-E-N-S-E. Uh, so Innocence, like sense. What the Innocence? fuck? What the fuck yeah. was going on in the '90s that they had to misspell every fucking word? Dude? <laughs> uh, what is going on in the '90s that there were there was this weird like wave of like I don't know like putting like children up as like and I don't emphasizing know. their like child like their yeah, their their innocence yeah like, like innocence. That is, that old dudes old you? dudes be creepy and be horny like yeah, nonstop yeah. dude it's just gross yeah motherfuckers motherfuckers are gross dude. That's the story. That's like honestly, that's the theme of the whole story. That can be our kill me, statement. kill me if I ever become that old dude, man. I like, I don't know what what was in the water back in the days, but like <laughs> all old dudes grew up to be that creepy old dude. It made no fucking sense. And I think just during, I think they're still like that, that, but like it was just it was back then that those guys were like running the fucking labels and all of that shit, and exactly. their guidance was being taken for that exactly, shit. Exactly, dude. Yeah, and they just mold that shit. So she was actually denied by, like, four different studios um, because they didn't think that a solo act would sell. They were like, yeah, there's no other solo act. Like, that's not going to happen. But eventually some other studio executive was like, yo, when he heard Whitney Houston's I Have Nothing, he was just like, yo, this, I'm going to put some money on this one, baby. I'm going to sign you to Jive Records, even though you're only 15 years old. Dude, I don't. have you guys ever heard that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is an insanely beautiful and like very vocally powerful song like if she killed that song like it's crazy to think like she has a voice to kill that song that she got a record label from that like that that's some serious shit well that's the thing too is that uh her she used to sing a little differently her vocal style changed after this point because her uh inspirations around this time were Whitney Houston, as you said, and like Shania Twain, who's singing a little bit of a deeper like vocal register. And, um, she's more known for that baby voice that she kind of sings in now. And a lot of people rumor that this was, uh, a record label or industry change that they forced her to do. Yeah, which just goes to show like how much of her was just molded purely by these industries. I mean, this is kind of like, um, like what do you call it? It's just like uh, the like the the table of dudes, like executives who are all like uh, thinking about every single move, every single thing about her. Um, so they flew her to Stockholm, Sweden, in 1998 to record her de- debut LP, which was released just a year later. And a lot of people think that like the whole thing here is that this this particular studio in Stockholm was like putting out just bangers and bangers in Europe, and they were like, all right, let's just get an American sounding voice there and just fucking get her out. 
like a hit machine, like a, yeah. a production hit maker, and they were just going to make her a very brutal album, bro. Yeah, and they sure did. In 1999, Britney dropped her first album, Baby One More Time, which debuted instantly at number one on the Billboard charts, catapulting Britney from being a mild child star into full-blown superstardom. She hit. She blew. This was it. This was the real big break. All the work and all the pageant shows and all the dumb shit before this moment. Uh, this was it, man. This was like watching a... Um... This was like the Big Bang Theory. Like this was like Big Bang. This was like the universe being created. This was yeah. huge. <laughs> nothing nothing made sense after this. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean cuz instantly she was catapulted to just being like huge like just a, an icon right off the bat which was so weird but despite like all the success her first minor taste and controversy was like right away at the 2000 MTV Video Music Awards where she came under scrutiny for her sexualized performance so people are catching wind of this britney girl and they're like i don't know i don't know yeah because that was the thing in the video for baby one more time it was like she came out in the schoolgirl outfit and like like kate down said earlier her midriff was out and they were like dancing like sexily and shit and this was like throwing like conservative parents and shit like the fuck off they were yeah. triggered bro and they were coming at her hard bro, about i remember my mom like Tried to make excuses for her to my grandmother. My mom was like, oh, it's just hot in Louisiana. That's just what Southern girls do. <laughs> She's a good Christian girl. Kyle likes her because she loves Jesus. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Brittany would be, con she would be confronted with these questions by people in interviews and stuff. And uh, she would, you know, protest her innocence and, and then eventually protest her virginity. Yeah, she like promised people pretty much. Like the media, she pretty much promised the media that she was going to save her virginity until marriage. So this just little girl is just telling this to the world, like this very kind of personal sexual detail. And bro, that's that's Christianity in in a fucking shell, dude. Yeah, like everyone, everyone's like, oh, you want to be a virgin? I was doing security at a church slash music venue like six years ago, and the pastor was like, came up to me and my girl and was like. Do you guys want to take a, um, like a pact of celibacy until you're married? I think that's what God wants. And I was like, dude, you're literally paying me to beat the shit out of kids when they act up during a metalcore show. Like, no. Yeah, I think I think the weird thing about all that is that, like, I think executives knew that they could do this. It was like, okay, we're going to sell this whole, like, this, like, kind of sexualized hot girl thing. But um we're going to also like tinge it with this like a uh, whole like average american christian girl thing and have her say she's going to save herself uh, for marriage and all this type of stuff so that way like those conservative parents who were at first like what the fuck is this they can be like oh no she's a good christian girl i guess it's fine and she was just sneaking right in there we can still get your money baby yeah i mean that's really how she gripped the heart of america with that move so uh, amidst Britney's hugely successful international tours and growing media coverage, she dropped her next album, Oops, I Did It Again, in 2000, once again to the top of the Billboard charts immediately. At the cultural dawn of the new millennium, Britney Spears had already gone beyond being a fad to a genuine pop culture phenomenon. Yeah, she's Bro, this, this album was fucking crazy, dude. This is it. This is, like, by the time this shit hits, it's like she's certified, man. Like, And I almost feel like, do you guys feel like the title is almost like a meta-commentary on, like on like just her like going number one again and being huge like oops yeah. i did it again guys oops, I, I did it again i fucking had a number one hit or number one record Bro, in the world or in the country or whatever the fuck can we just talk about that video for a second yeah 
Absolutely. The red, red jumpsuit and everything. Like that that whole video is iconic. The the Titanic like <laughs> line. Well, I went and got it for you, babe. <laughs> like, dude, and, and the vocal the fucking vocal range on that song, dude. She fucking kills it. Love that song, dude. Yeah. It's a love hit. the video. Love everything about it. Yeah, that it, was that that video is an encompassment of everything that nineties MTV was. Yeah, no, nah, for real though. Is that one music video? Dude, and with all the success, she was also touring with like In Sync early on. So it was like you got Britney Spears, In Sync, the whole package, and that's actually where she met Justin Timberlake, who she went on to date. So just pop power <laughs> couple explosion. Yeah, exactly. Pop pop music super couple fucking, and they're they're like you said touring the world with In uh, Sync, who was huge at the time, and Britney Spears. This is crazy. This is like. And it's romantic because it's it's like it's like Cleopatra and Julius Caesar. Like it, it, it's an, it's the the power couple. And I think it helped out that they like they actually were on the Mickey Mouse Club together. So it's like oh these kids have known each other for so long they got together. You know it just it captivated people. Just one other nail in the coffin, baby. I think like yeah, I think a lot of people could say like if you saw something like that today, you'd be like oh this is just fabricated. This is just a PR move or something. But I think I think. I see some truth in it. I mean, they came up together, like we said. There were kids who were, like, just going for this goal, like, working hard, like, grinding in the industry at the age of, like, 10 and 11. They have that experience in common already. And these two just happened to both make it and find themselves later in life fronting huge music acts. Of course they, like, vibe each other. Of course they understand each other. You yeah, know? they relate to each other more than they can relate to anybody else. Literally. Really. So yeah. it, just, it just makes sense. Um, but that's why Kanye and Kim work. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give it to him. Yeah. Um, but behind the scenes, Britney was already just being like pushed to like to her absolute limits because she was just overnight in two years, the biggest pop star like in the world. So she just being put this, this brutal grinder where she has like this rig, like this really uh, rigid schedule, like all the time where she actually could only have an hour of free time a day. And that was scheduled. You better work, bitch. Ridiculous, dude. Yeah. A kid. She's like 18, 19 years old. Yeah, y'all think they did that so she couldn't fuck? That's just the machine, mm. I think, man. I think that, yeah, maybe. No, they, I'm saying like they're like, yo, if she's busy, she can't fuck. Man, but she, would you imagine being Britney Spears at that time? You would be busy day in and day out doing yeah. interviews, phone interviews, in person interviews, appearances, shows. Like, and she was huge at that time. So, like, she's doing that on a massive scale. I mean, again, I mean, say what you want, what you will about her, but Britney, like, I mean, for better or for worse, she works hard. She's always been, like, an extremely hard worker. Like, I think that'll be apparent by the end of this is that when we talk about everything, Brittany is not taking any breaks here. Yeah, she's she's not, like, a, like, she's not a dumb person. She's able to really manage her life, and she continues to to this day, and we'll get into why that Mm. sucks and why that's weird, um, considering her situation. But another year later, in 2001, Brittany released her third record, simply titled Brittany which shifted to a more mature and apparently sincere approach. So things are, so it was already like, okay, she's kind of sexualized. She's kind of the innocent girl. But at this point she's 20 years old and she just gets like, she's leaning into her womanhood and her yeah. sexuality a little more. What's what's what songs we got on Britney actually slave for you. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Britney is definitely thrown the, the, she making, she making asthma sexy. Yeah. She's definitely thrown the fucking like young girl or if it ever was like girl next door kind of thing aside. And we're going full sexy because that's slave for you video can we talk about it for a second 
Oh, the, the, the like just hot summer day, pure dehydration, and they're just like, I don't know. Not even the... like a hot summer day. It's like like a pop, uh, apocalyptic, like, yeah, yeah, they're... Fucking, <laughs> like end of the world, like the sun is blowing up like this fucking city and there's no water anywhere. It Everyone's literally gonna die. looks That's like they're literally. living in a favela and like <laughs> there's no water and it's just like they're like, you guys just want to fucking fuck and just have an orgy <laughs> instead of drinking and hydrating at all? And they couldn't respond so they like, were just like... sweating <laughs> to each other's mouths? Like Brittany's literally wearing <laughs> her panties outside of her pants in this video. Like, <laughs> 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 this shit is wild. <laughs> and, and what really took it home was her, uh, she did like that performance for MTV, uh, where she had like the big ass, uh, what kind of snake was that? It, you, I remember you said it was like an anaconda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boa constrictor. Yeah, it was definitely was not it a anaconda. python. It was a python. Yeah, I think it was a know. python. But yeah, she just got a fucking python. Snakes, she's, she's got a big ass snake. We don't know. We she's don't got know. A big ass snake. All the she's snake got a big nerds. Ass snake. All the snake nerds out there are just like it was a fucking <laughs> an Australian wetback or whatever. You know, <laughs> bro. Do you want to go herping with me? <laughs> <laughs> That's a net. That's a net. Herping. Or whatever it is, herping or whatever it is. Anyway. I got a couple of them on my Facebook. They're they're wild, bro. Real quick other mention about that fucking performance, man. That that in that performance on the VMAs, what year is that? You said two thousand two? I think two thousand one or two, yeah. Yeah. Two thousand one. She she comes out of a fucking tiger cage. With none other than fucking Doc Antle and yeah. one of his tigers, dude. This of fucking, Tiger King fame. This fucking creep. Yeah, so you, that, that's so crazy that that guy really was just in every, like, big, like, animal thing of, yeah. like, the 90s and 2000s. Um, but also, honorable shout-out to this random, uh, really cool video that we came across when she played the 2001 Super Bowl halftime show with Aerosmith, Sync, and Nelly at the same time. <laughs> that shit was kind of dope, I'm not going to lie. That's a lot... Yo, that's that's the epitome of the country pre nine eleven, dude. <laughs> yeah, they had no idea. That like, we no... were we were on top of the world. We had fucking all these fucking dudes just playing the Super Bowl. Those poor. It was fools. crazy. They had no. Clue. You didn't have to take your shoes off at the airport. You weren't sitting. Your fucking your cousin wasn't getting blown up in Iraq. Yeah. It was a wonderful time. And then all of a sudden, just the fucking world hit. Yeah, man, they had no idea at, in February of 2001. They were just having a good old time, dude, at that halftime show. Look yeah. it up, guys. Watch it on YouTube. We ain't never, we ain't never partying like that. We've never again. gone back to that. That was the pinnacle of, like, human civilization. If you want to see yeah, what, yeah. what things were like before 9-11, go watch that fucking video. Things just keep getting worse. That's why we had to make this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> to, like, document it all. Basically. <laughs> Categorize it all. <laughs> So in 2002, Britney and Justin Timberlake relationship, their relationship ended, and Justin even released a song called Crimea River, which supposedly suggests that Britney had cheated on him. Yeah, yeah, he got a whole like Britney Spears lookalike in the video to like. Well, really not not this song was important in. for a, a lot of reasons. Yo, fuck JT, fuck you, Justin this was, Timberlake. This was this was his second single as a solo artist. So he was in one of in the single biggest pop music group of all time. All right, hold on, man. You're not going to steal. You're not just going to step on Backstreet Boys like that in front of me. N yeah, I mean, NSYNC outsold Backstreet Boys, won Grammys over Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys ain't shit, bro. I'm going to look up my notes and I'm going I'm to fact check that, but no. Yeah, anyway, yeah. anyway. So this was like his second song he put out off of his like debut album. This was this was huge. He used his, like, newfound, like, fucking momentum to be like, fuck you, Brady. Just to be petty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Well, uh, she also released a movie called Crossroads around this time. You know, shout out to that movie. Written by Shonda no. Rhimes, fucking from Grey's Anatomy fame. Holy shit. Bro, you, you keep saying that shit. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a thing, bro. <laughs> Is it like she wrote the show? She the script she, of the movie. She wrote uh, the script to Crossroads, but she is no, the no, creator. no. She, she she's the creator so, of Grey's Anatomy. Yes, bro. I watched one like, episode you know, of like, Grey's Anatomy, and that shit sucks. She's the Dick Wolf <laughs> of Grey's Anatomy. Oof. Okay, okay, you got me? okay. I feel you on that. You dig me on that? Yeah, I'm dicking you. I'm dicking you. <laughs> Yo, so this one is kind of important, Mark, because you got some thoughts about this. Around the same time period, like at her peak fame, this is also when she had an alleged short relationship to none other than Fred Durst from Limp <laughs> We talked about this a little bit on the New Metal episode. This yeah. is what her fame transitioned New Metal into pop culture. Yeah. yeah. She's fucking with Fred Durst. He's fucking with Corn. We're fucking, fucking with the Family Values tour. And, like, it's, it's all connected mm. to yeah, what, Britney Spears. Yeah. What do y'all think? Is Britney, like, denied it, but Fred Durst went on Howard Stern and, like, was just talking about it and, like, all these details, but it just sounded so fucking. Per- to me, it sounded really fucking made. I kind of believe him, bro. I kind of uh. believe that they had a thing, dude. They might have had a little fling. He might be, like, playing it up a little bit more, but, like, I think there was something, bro. Maybe she drank a Bud Light at the VMAs with them, but like, yeah. Let me tell you about Britney, man. Let me tell you about Fred Durst. <laughs> She's got a rebellious spirit, man, and like, I think a lot of things. Yeah, are but rebe- Fred fucking Durst. You know, I think that was at the time Fred Durst was like the new metal bad boy. He was the king of new metal. No, yeah. I think she would have went with Monkey from Corn. I stuff. wish. Oh, I would have <laughs> loved to see second. that, dude. Oh, I would have loved to see that. Because like he's he's the one with Jesus <laughs> tattooed on his hand, so he doesn't masturbate, right? No, I think you're thinking of Head from Corn. Oh, my bad, Head. Did, yeah, I don't know if the, that's true, dude. What? <laughs> but Head is the one. The, yeah, the he has like one. he has like Jesus tattooed on his palm, so he doesn't masturbate. I hope that works. Jesus. Well, let me tell you about Fred Durst, though. Like, imagine you know, like on the new metal episode, we talked about how. A Fred Durst is a type of person. Yeah. Think about all the types of people that you've met that are Fred Durst. Those are the types of guys that have a beer with a girl and like, yeah, I fucked her, bro. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's that type of exactly, dude. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm, okay. yeah. Okay. But he did later on go uh, go on to say in 2009, I just guess at the time it was taboo for a guy like me to be associated with a gal like her. I would say if he, that is if, that is the most soup. annoying statement I've ever heard yeah. in my fucking life. That's dude. terrible. If he if he if if Fred Durst and her didn't have any real relationship or anything going on, and he went on Howard Stern saying all that dumb shit, fuck him, dude. Fuck you, Fred. Durst. I'm just saying, like, bro, a guy like me to be associated with a gal like her, like, what do you? What is this? A fu- are you a fucking greaser? And- no, he didn't say yeah. gal. Though. Just he like a gal. tip of the fedora and a stroke yeah, of the neck dude, beard. dude, I'm looking at the quote right here. It says gal. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, he did say gal. Tough yeah, look, yeah, Tough look for my guy. Um, so in her mounting fame at the 2003 MTV Video Music Awards, Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera both, both kissed Madonna on stage in a symbolic passing of the torch from one era of pop star to another. Yeah, I mean, my one of my favorite uh, wrestling moments of all time was when like Andre the Giant like French kissed um, Hulk Hogan. Really? To pass on the torch? No way! No, <laughs> no. <laughs> that'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. But yeah, yeah, that's just what they did back in the day. You, you mouth, you mouth fuck somebody with your tongue to pass on the torch. It was it was Madonna kissing Britney to pass the torch to Britney, and then 
then what about Christina then? Like, what did did she get the torch too? She she kissed no, her on the side. No, She's like, yeah, Madonna. Yeah. Madonna was like, I I guess I got to kiss her too. I don't want to be weird. Be weird about this. So, out, right? Can we can we just take a second? To all of us in agreement right here. Yo, fuck Christina Aguilera. She ain't shit. No, I stop. Don't, I don't really have that. What? What? No, I don't have. I don't. I don't know enough fuck about y'all. her. All right. Well, did you ever she see? Does me. Did you ever see Britney all day? Did you see the video for Dirty? You remember? Yeah, you that, remember Dirty? Yeah, dude, Come that on, that man. fucking music video smells like you watch that shit. It's pink. <laughs> shit was, I can smell that shit through the screen. Hey, dude, it, it, it titular dirty. That shit was dirty. You know, hey, you know why? You know why I don't fuck with Christina Aguilera? Because one, she did box braids as a white girl, and two, she had white people dreads. She's, she's Spanish just, or something, right? No, she's white. Aguilera. I don't That's know. a this stage getting, name. We're, we're we teeter totter sometimes yeah, with we're, this we're, shit. We're all <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, not. I just look, look. White girls shouldn't have box braids, one mm-hmm. or dreads. By order of decree. By order of decree, baby. So in 2003, Britney put out her next record, "In the Zone," which had a more quote urban sound. <laughs> they love to throw around the word urban in the 2000s. It was their way of teeter tottering, like we <laughs> yeah, just yeah. were. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. they were teeter tottering, just being straight up racist. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, black people worked on this. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what they're trying to say. Yeah, we had a we, we had, had a, a uh, hey, baby. What what do we call it? We call it Arabic because we had a couple brothers working on it. <laughs> you know, some city yeah. folk. <laughs> yeah, some city folk. <laughs> we can't say in a city. We gotta call it urban. Yo, but this record did have a couple bangers on it. It had fucking toxic, baby. Dude, <laughs> a hit, a classic. Dude, that's my favorite Britney Spears song. Easily toxic. I, I dig it. I definitely dig it. Like that, that just ah, just kills me. And also, um, this also has her rebuttal to Justin Timberlake every time, which apparently was the first song oh. that she wrote all on her own. Oh, this is my it? this is my favorite Britney Spears song, dude. Every time is our new song for karaoke, like that we're duetting together. Yeah. Yo, straight up, dude. Oh, by the way, real quick shout out because this is Corona times. You know, this episode really had me missing karaoke, dude, because like. Every time you go do karaoke, there's always people that are doing Britney Spears songs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, o- I always do a Britney Spears song. K-Tan, I you always wa- do. I do Oops, I Did It Again all the time. K-Tan, you think you did it every time for us real quick? Oh, I got to Hold on. Let me, let, me, let me pull it up. I got to have it playing. Are we going to get uh, copyrighted for this? <laughs> nah. That's the cover. Notice me. Take my hand. Why are we strangers when our love is strong? Why carry on without me? Every time I try to fly, I fall without my wings. I feel so small. I guess I need you, baby. Hey, you in my dreams. I see your face. It's haunting me. I guess I need you, baby. Here we go, baby. That was beautiful. There it is, baby. There it is. I butchered butchered it at the beginning, but I. I, I saved myself at the end. Yeah, That's you all. brought it. You brought it around for sure. I brought it back. I brought it back. You landed the plane. Or the yes. By the time Corona's over, it, I will be fucking doing loopy loops in the air. Oh, we're gonna, gonna have that, baby. Thing. I'm I'm starting to practice right now. It's um, gonna be a whole air show. 
So by this time, Britney's like every move and action became public because like she's like she's huge. She's also got sort of a controversial f- uh, figure now, um, and she's like just a major source of fuel for the whole tabloid and paparazzi industry of like celebrity gossip and shit. Fuck the paparazzi, man! These guys were fucking wolves at this time too. Yeah, there weren't the laws that are in place now for paparazzi. Paparazzi is still around, but it's it's kind of cooled out. But in this time, like they were fucking savages, wolves, dude, like and like and Britney was the the top thing that like I think there was a quote I saw in some documentary where a paparazzi dude was saying if I get a picture of her with her baby, I can live in those hills. Yeah. Yeah, which is crazy <laughs> so, that like those magazines can make that much money. Yeah, imagine that mentality. I so. think I think the big thing was too like the internet wasn't as I mean, it was out there and it was big, but it wasn't as big as it is now. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And like the only way you were gonna see these pictures were like or know anything about her was like if you bought these magazines. Yeah, we didn't have people's Instagrams and things like yeah. that, and there were live videos to like kind of be in touch with our celebrities, which we still do kind of like deify like celebrities and stuff in our culture. Yeah, like, but uh, we didn't have those things, so this was the way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because back then that's like AOL, like. CD demo, you know, like... Uh, I mean, we're a little past that time, but still, like, the internet wasn't what it was now. Yeah, definitely. Um, but with all this heat, Britney started getting a little bit more wild, and the first sign of Britney becoming truly unhinged was in 2004, when after a two-day vendor in Las Vegas fueled by copious amounts of alcohol and other, quote, unnamed substances, aka cocaine, she married Jason Alexander, her childhood friend from her small-time life in Louisiana. Yeah, Jason Alexander of Seinfeld fame. So yeah. do you? So I, I've I've been thinking about this a lot. Do you think this was just like a a like a loop to get in, like to lose her virginity? Because like, what if she... what if through this whole time she really held out? So I think and the like, question the question here at the heart of what you're asking is. Was Britney fucking before this point? And you know what? You know what? I'm going to say it's none of our business. It is absolutely well, no, none of our this, business. This, but is, I'm this say is what this. I'm trying to get at. Like, <laughs> like, how desperate was she for just a normal life and to be a oh, normal yeah. human being, and not to be oppressed? That she like felt like she had to get married in order to like have sex. She may have been fucking this whole time beforehand, but like, it's it's just like an interesting thought to have. Like, what if like. She had it been, and this was just her way to like, like to go around the fucking loop. Like it was a loophole for her. I think. I think it might be more the former of like what you said. I think it was just mostly for an independence thing. Like I want to live yeah. my life. She's out with uh, J- her and Jason Alexander had been friends since like school. Like they before went to, she like, was like huge. I think that was another part of it. Was like she kind of wanted to connect with someone that was like not part of this new identity that she had like a connection to the old way when she could just be a normal person exactly and so i don't know how how they linked up or whatever they were hanging out but they ended up in vegas and she's like fuck it why the fuck wouldn't i they're having a good time they're probably drinking i mean i'm sure there's some cocaine or whatever and uh she's like yeah let's get fucking married and like i just why not i just i just feel like i i know we've been joking a lot about like you know how hot and like sexy and everything she is and I don't want to like I don't want the audience or like the listeners to like get it twisted. Like I mean, those are jokes, but like this was like a serious. This was a a young girl that was completely like warped by this industry. Fame, yeah, this yeah. industry, and it's just like it's just crazy to like try to get into like the mindset of like what would make her to do these things, like the amount of pressure and shit, like. 
this was like this should have been like a red flag for her like parents to be like, well, maybe we should talk to her about her career or some shit. But her parents were obviously just shitty and feeding into it. Like I think, like you said, even a, a second ago, a part of it was that like. So she already publicly has announced her virginity, like yeah. which has opened her, and she said she's regretted doing that since though. But it could because it opened her for these public questions about her fucking personal life and sexuality and such, and like people are constantly asking her in interviews, and it's so gross to see it. And yeah, like, it is. It's so gross. Know, to see people like, like, so are you still a virgin? Yeah, basically? are you still like, a virgin? And, yeah. and you know, it's like, and you can see all in, in later interviews too, like how uncomfortable it would make her. As it yeah. should. I mean, that's yeah. a really fucking weird question. I think at like at, at some point, at, at first, she was probably like, "Okay, this is what they, this is what everyone's saying I should do. That's what I need to do." But then, like after enough time of you sharing like those personal, intimate details, even at that level, like your inner human kind of comes out, and you're like, "What? The, why the fuck are they asking me yeah, these questions? Why am I answering this question to you?" Or you know. Yeah, but I mean, but nonetheless, this was, a, this was a super crazy moment in her life, and they were divorced just three years later after a court determined that Britney, quote, lacked understanding of her actions. So this is the first time where, like, the courts are getting involved, and they're like, okay, Britney cannot handle her own life, pretty much. Dude, three, she, three days later. Yeah, 55 hours, dude. She, she, uh, they get married in Vegas in this little chapel, and fucking, she calls her mom and tells her mom that she got married to Jason, and... The fucking lawyers pulled up heavy, bro, and they got they had people signing contracts <laughs> out the fucking ass, and and like they had that shit annulled within fifty five hours. Yeah, done. Yeah. They're like, baby, hell no, you can't marry this farm boy. You're not getting any of Britney's money. Yeah. <laughs> that guy later on went to say that uh, he wished that he had just been more business minded back then, which pretty much means like. I wish I'd figure out a way to fucking stay married to her and get some money. Yo, <laughs> fuck you. No, yeah, I, th- I think fuck they have you. still remained friends, and they are still, or in in whatever capacity, in contact, and they still or were in contact for a long time after that. Well, I don't just, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's probably a reason that even happened. They were just, they were tight, and it's yeah. like, yeah. So remember that one time we got married for three days? That was so crazy. He's just like. Yeah, yeah. Was... I mean, I think this begins a streak of a lot of uh, re- that rebellious spirit that Britney has. And, like, you know, like I said, like, why the fuck can't I do that? Yeah. And just a few months later, she became engaged to one of her dancers named Kevin Federline after knowing him for just three months. Funny story. Kevin Federline actually, and I was looking for this information while we were doing this research, not a dancer of Britney Spears, but possibly a dancer of Justin Timberlake's. <laughs> Which some people think it was kind of like a, a petty uh, move. Yeah, a petty, a petty like get back. Yeah, at Britney's you move. with my dancer now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, that's wild. If that's true, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but you know, love was in the air. What? And, and yeah, they and they they took some time off. Well, she took some time off from performing and stuff. And they actually, uh, she had a brief stint with television when she wanted to record a show called Britney and Kevin Chaotic on UPN. <laughs> she, which she later went on to regret in a huge way. It's just about her and Kevin, just their day-to-day lives. It's mostly just, like, like uh, home videos. Yo, sh- yo, shout out to UPN, bro. Yeah, I miss UPN, man. That contract was was probably huge. They got a Britney Spears exclusive show. Like, on UPN. But- bro, that's probably what bankrupt them. <laughs> yeah, probably just that move, that single move. Because that show was trash. Yeah, like I said, it was mostly home videos of like her and Kevin like kissing and smooching like in the bathroom, and like uh, I, I don't know. Even if you were like a huge Britney Spears fan, I don't know what what that show did for you. Yeah. So what well, with that and just her trying to do the regular marriage thing, she kind of took some time off from recording. 
Um, and in 2006, she had had two boys with Kevin, which led to a controversy in which she was caught with one of her baby sons in her arms while she was driving a car. So two babies, and she's already fucking it up. That's funny. It sounds like you made sound like she had two babies in 2006, which would well, be by like 2006 legendary. <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, you could have it. <laughs> Right. They uh I know I know it's kind of problematic but that they call them Irish twins. <laughs> yeah, cuz they're I think they are what about a year apart or so. Yeah, I, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. But um yeah. yeah, yeah, but within like 2 years they have two kids and like also when they got married, when her and Kevin Federline got married, he's also like had a child with his girl, uh, girlfriend he was dating. Yeah, he'd been cheating on his girlfriend to be with Britney Spears. Yeah, and had another kid on the way, a second kid with her on the way. Yeah. And so I think it's like a few months after, I think two months after uh, their second kid, uh, Brittany filed for divorce for irreconcilable differences with her and Kevin. Yeah, they broke up up later in that year, and in January of 2007, Brittany also lost her aunt to cancer, and that proved to be like a huge traumatic event to her, because she was really close to her aunt when she was a kid. So this is is her Kanye moment. Yeah, Yeah. Brittany's got a lot going on at this point. Let's just slow down and take a look at all the things happening. She's a fucking super mega pop star. She's, uh, I mean, I think the, the, the... the breakup, even though it would be years from now, with uh, Justin Timberlake, did leave like lasting marks and like. Um, yeah. But um, she's having trouble like living her life and being independent, even at this time. Uh, she's dealing with I don't know what with her uh, husband K Fed, you know, and then you know all the stress and uh, paparazzi and all that stuff. Like, and then her aunt dies, a really close person to her. One thing that makes you feel somewhat tethered to being a normal person, like a family member that doesn't just exploit you. And she's gone. You know, she's finally taking a short break from performing and cranking out albums and still dealing with an enormous amount of uh, fame, you know, misfortune. And, and uh, yeah, it's enough to make any normal person snap, let alone a fucking mega pop star. Yeah, so she started, like, tweaking. And just a month after her death, uh, Britney went into drug rehab. And I don't know exactly what drugs they were. I think it was just kind of like a general kind of smorgasbord of whatever. You know, a lot of cocaine, probably. Yeah, probably a lot of cocaine. I thought I thought it was for alcohol. Alcoholism. I'm, I've been hearing, like, drugs. About drugs, maybe. Mm. It's always, like, miscellaneous substances. It's always, like, what the sources say. Um, but she actually left just a day later after first entering rehab, and what follows is her most infamous mental breakdown, which would take the world of celebrity gossip by storm. <laughs> so she uh, goes out one night. She doesn't have any anyone with her. This is also a weird time in her life where she's kind of like alienated herself from her family, her ex-management, she's hanging out with this, she's mostly just with um, her cousin Allie, I don't remember her last name, and this weird, sketchy manager dude named Sam Lutfi. Fuck Sam Lutfi. They're making a lot of weird cocaine moves, and, and just weird type of shit, and she's having, she ends up one night, and she's not with any of those people, and she goes out with her security, goes into some fucking salon, and asked the lady to cut her hair off. The lady, the lady apparently says she wouldn't do it, and Bernice starts cutting her own hair off. She just grabs the fucking clippers. She's just like, "All right, bitch," and just shaves her own fucking head. I'm gonna pause for a second and call bullshit on one thing. There's no way Brittany shaved her entire head that way by herself. That lady, and and the, that lady, whatever her name is, has cashed in in, in many ways on yeah, this yeah. on this experience. But there's no way that lady didn't have to help her in some way. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that lady actually went on to, like, try to sell her hair, um, 
the uh, the Red Bull that Britney had brought into the store and the Clippers for a million dollars. I'm just saying that cut was too clean, baby. No, like, I no way. No, same though. Same though. I would have sold all that shit, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but what's crazy about this is like when this all happened, you know, she was surrounded by all these like all the security who were supposed to be blocking off the uh, paparazzi, but the paparazzi had actually paid off the security to have like yeah. access so they could like take pictures and videos. Through the fucking glass. The most clear that's, shots. Yeah. That's so fucking wild. Like, she couldn't even trust the people that were there specifically to protect her. She can't trust anyone at this point. Brittany is surrounded by the fucking wolves yeah. at this point, literally. But she's, like, wild now, and she went to go get a tattoo later the night, too, right? Yeah, she leaves from the salon, and, and you can, as you can imagine, the fucking crowd of people is amassed to, like, a ridiculous amount. But she leaves from the salon, and then they go to a fucking, uh, some random tattoo shop on the strip... Where she gets a couple tattoos, and, uh, yeah, this shit's, like, huge at this point, because people are surrounding the tattoo shop taking pictures, and, you know, Twitter's a thing at this point, people are tweeting What's, about uh, this. No, is Twitter a thing? This is 2006, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The beginning of Twitter, God, yeah. I feel old as fuck right now, yeah. dude. Yeah, man. I mean, I feel like what's so sad about this is, like, I think this is something like how many how many people have had these moments in their lives, right? How many times do people just kind of get a random haircut? I mean, I feel like for women in particular, I think that like uh, shaving your head is just like a big fuck you to like all of the patriarchal bullshit there is. She was just completely fed up with how maybe she not was, even like, shaving your head, but just cutting your hair, you know, maybe in general. But you know? I mean, shaving your head is like yeah. that's a statement, and Absolutely. then going to get a tattoo afterwards. Which, by the way, when I think about like. My experience getting, like, my first tattoos, it was, like, fun. It's, like, with friends and just the idea of, like, going to a tattoo parlor. Like, in the video, she's just surrounded by all these people. Like, that just seems intensely lonely. You yeah. know what I mean? Just to be yeah. that surrounded by, like, more people lonely, that don't give a shit. Yeah, more lonely than if you were to go absolutely alone. Exactly. Like, I'm looking up her tattoos right now that she got. Yeah, I think one was, like, a cross or something. Well, <laughs> this one, hold on. No, you hold on. <laughs> don't don't start with me. <laughs> yeah, she got a shitty cross on like her like what is that her ass? No, I think it's like her like pelvis or something. Oh, okay. Was it and a then she got camp? No, no, like I mean like a reverse one. Okay, yeah, it's like right there, like right, right. In there. I mean, that's dope. I mean, that's the thing is like it's just sad that like she went to go do that, and it just had to be this huge thing. It's a Bro, regular thing. She's got can horrible do. tattoos, man. Are you surprised, Come baby? On, she's, she's got Campbell, she's baby. got two she's dice Campbell, that Louisiana. aren't even squared. <laughs> she's got two dice that aren't even squared. They look like fucking play doh. Oh my god! Like, I mean, we, she's about to start partying with Paris Hilton, bro. So like. So like, you these know, tattoos are wild. These bro. tattoos are gonna get a little shitty around this time. The tattoos get a little shitty when you start partying and drinking and clubbing and shit. Yeah, around this time, I mean, she was going wild. She was getting buck wild, like putting on wigs, going to parties, just getting ridiculous. And like the paparazzi was storming her every single day of speaking her life. Speaking in British accents and whatnot. Yeah, she's speaking in British accents. Uh, she's smoking two packs a day. So just, oh, no, straight up, straight up, Britney Spears turned into your boy. Yeah. <laughs> she shaved her head bald, started smoking two packs a day. All right, get the fuck out of my way, love. <laughs> and doing a very poorly done British accent. Hello, governor. It is so weird watching those videos when she's just talking to people and she's like, stop it. Get, get off of me. Stop it. Get, get out of the driver's seat. I want to drive. I want to drive. It's wild, dude. It's oh. a wee stupid, isn't it? 
But what's crazy is in October of that same year, she released her next album, Blackout. Um, but despite it like being a huge success and topping charts and getting positive reviews and being a pretty dope album overall, she barely supported it because she was just fucking losing it. Britney was in no, the streets. because she was blacked out. Yeah, yeah. yeah Perfect Very, name. very uh, appropriate name. Like Britney was, Britney was in these streets at this time. She's fucking hanging out with uh, manager Sam Lutfi or alleged manager Sam Lutfi and her uh, cousin uh, assistant, uh, Allie, and she's chilling with fucking Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton. And fucking, this is, this is around that time where, like, um, there's some shot of her and Paris Hilton in, like, in a car where, like, they, the paparazzi got this weird, like, like, uh, crotch shot of Britney Spears, like not wearing oh, underwear yeah, and that, shit, yeah. and like which is like gross, like yeah, that's definitely. already gross. But then, well, it's fucked up because like they pretty much had to lay on the ground to get that angle. Well, this is yeah. the like, they, they yeah. went out of their way to get it. Apparently, after this shot or whatever, this mistake or whatever happens. Paparazzi's go way out of their way. They, they're like, every time she gets out of a car, they're like crouching down low, trying to like get a shot. Because they know like, the guy who got that original shot, and he's fucking in the hills now. He like moved <laughs> away. He's like living a whole life now. And they're like, yeah, I got it. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna strike gold. Yeah, I'm gonna strike gold. It's just like fucking so disgusting, it's, dude. It's fucking disgusting. It's like, so I don't, gross, I don't know how like that's legal. Yeah, yeah it, it really is. I'd, I'd like to know more about like how that type of law works when it comes to just taking a picture of someone and making money off of it. Well, like well, I said, a lot of these wild, laws have like, changed. Well, True. if somebody's at like a grocery store and they're taking upskirt pics, they get arrested and get put on a sex offender list. Yeah, you fucking in the normal agree. world. So yeah. like, like how is that any different then? It's 2007, baby. Because yeah, she's because she's famous. Like that's yeah. That's just fucked. I was gonna say too, real quick, that like a lot of the shit when I was watching some of the shit from this time period and like the fucking frenziness of the paparazzi around this dude. time period, dude. It reminded me of that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal, Nightcrawler, and shit, and just like that, like under under the surface grossness of this shit, and like yeah. and yeah. like the people who just like do not recognize it. Yeah, when you see those paparazzi videos, it's like you really see like the just the grimiest part of the whole Hollywood yeah. like facade, you know. Um, and I mean, and, and still, you know, she just put out a record, so she had to promote in some way. And a month later, she performed at the 2007 MTV Video Music Awards, and was this was supposed to be like a huge comeback, right? Um, but in the words of asshole celebrity per, uh, blogger Perez Hilton, she blew it. Yeah, that VMA performance was bad. I remember watching that. And, like, I remember rooting for Britney around this time because, like I said, this is, like, like we said, this was around the time where, like, she was getting killed by the media and shit. And everybody loves a good comeback story. Everybody loves to big someone up. Like, it's, it's, it's a weird thing in our society where we love to, like, champion a celebrity and champion a person. And then we love just as much, maybe more, to, like, watch them fall. Mm-hmm. And like tear them apart, and like this is like the height of that. I feel like around this time, yeah. but like I remember like being stoked for her, and this this was so bad. This was like a really bad performance. She looked out of it. She was like stumbling over herself. You could tell she was like half doing the moves and stuff. Not not to body shame or anything like in any way, shape, or form, but she definitely wasn't like her. She didn't look like she was in her like tip top shape that she normally had been in. You could tell that she had. Put on a little bit of weight. Not saying she was like. Oh yeah, yeah she looked. She looked fine in in like normal standards. Yeah, but she by looked like, fine. But like yeah. you could but, tell she, there was a change. Yeah, they, and they did body herself. And they did body shamer. They yeah. really did. It was a and huge part. That's of it. fucked up. 
It, I mean, that, and that, that's really fucked up. And I, I hate that he even brought it up. It was just that you could see that something had changed. In- well, it was a thing. It was a topic. It was a huge thing that people talked about at the time. But the weird thing was, as a testament to her iconography, like, Blackout, like we said, almost got literally no, like, publicity or press or anything. She did this horrible performance for the Gimme More at the VMAs. She opened the VMAs with that, like, really bad performance. And... A lot of people consider this some of her best work. Yeah, that song, Gimme More, is sick. That's my song. Yeah, it's a great song. That's my number one song. I love that song. It took me a while to realize that, like, oh, like, that performance was even that song. Because when when you're watching the performance, you're so focused (laughs) on just, like, what the fuck? Like, although I will say it's not really, like, it's not absolutely terrible. But if you watch it by the standards Uh, that are set for Britney Spears, that is absolutely ridiculous. And you're, like, seeing, like, um, all these people in the audience, like, all these big, like, celebrities, like, Uh, laughing. 50 Cent. 50 Cent. It was like he just blown weak, yeah. away. He's yeah, like, what am I watching? Rihanna laughing and yeah. I mean, this is this is the peak of like the intense world of Britney Spears, like in in like her celebrity world. And this is also when that uh, her wig was bad. Yeah, the wig was all fucked up. Um, and this is when that dude Chris Crocker um came out and told people to leave Britney alone. Leave Infamous Britney speech alone. from Chris Crocker. It uh, kind of uh catapulted him into some kind of weird like social media fame but upon revisiting that upon revisiting that video he's got some points your boy's got a real like it it was very like um i it was like it was very manic it was very manic everything he was saying was hit in the case of her whatever the cause of her performance was i don't care all i care about is britney's well-being and Brittany, all I want is for you to get well. Like, she's a fucking person. What the fuck, man? Like, you want to talk about being unprofessional? What's more unprofessional than bashing somebody publicly who's going through a bad time? Leave Brittany alone. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I think this this only added to all of that because, uh, you know, again, this is 2007. It's a different time. So people see this Chris Crocker video. And, you know, this is just kind of like a very upset gay man in 2007. And, and y'all remember... Homophobia was like pretty big still in 2007, so that was kind of adding adding to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you seen The Hangover? <laughs> like, in the first like minute, just paging Doctor. Oh damn, yeah, really? No, yeah, no, movies definitely. were 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 way different, man. Like it's crazy. It's hard to watch some older older movies like from back then. Yeah, so that kind of became part of like the oh she's going crazy and look at this crazy guy off the internet. But he was making good points, although he was wildin'. Um, I've got a couple quotes from him right here actually. He said, uh, he said, anything if anything ever happens to her, I'm jumping off the nearest fucking building. He was going to kill himself if, if anything, happened anything to happens to her. Like if she like, trips or stubs her toe or like literally anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, oh, this isn't really that much of a quote. He also said, the world needs to know that Britney still has her fans. Britney needs to know that she still has her fans. I love you, Brittany. Just know that, okay? Just know that. Just know that. You think Brittany saw that video? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It, went, it was like one of the OG viral videos. I hope I hope that uh, she loved it. Yeah, it was in it was in that uh, what was that Weezer song where they did like all the original YouTube like viral videos. Things like pork and beans. On, pork and beans. beans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Means dissing my girl. Yeah, just a testament <laughs> to the internet at that time period. <laughs> like, yeah, that yeah, exactly. That was yeah, good, dude. Good snapshot of that context right there. Um. So, uh, oh, and also, this is a, a little side note. By the end of that year, she had started dating a paparazzo. 
So she like that just is a testament to like, how close she is to the paparazzi that like those are the people she knows. That's her pool of people. That's yeah. who she dating. This is a weird I feel like this is a dark time for Brittany. Like I said, yeah. yo, I yo, hot, take, hot take and, like, for a second. Yeah. Hot take for a second. To me, that'd be like a Jewish person dating a Nazi. This is someone that is solely working for an organization of people that are solely there to destroy every single aspect of your life. Dude, it's just like that. <laughs> one to one. One to one, yeah. And there but there are rumors that like like that there was some fuck shit going on. Like he was like dating her to get exclusive pictures and sell them to like yeah. other paparazzi. Yeah, definitely. That's just yeah, that was a money move. Yeah. Like one hundred percent. Um, but shit got started to get even worse for Britney, where in, in early 2008, she had refused to give her kids back to Kevin Federline um, because, like, she only had, like, I think 30% custody, and, like, the, the lawyers were trying to take them away, but she was, like, hidden somewhere, and she was found, um, like, w- with the kids locked into, like, a, a room high on an unidentified substance, quote. Um, and this resulted to her visitation's rights being totally suspended. Yeah, yeah. She, uh, I, I, I don't know exactly. So it's leaking into, like, her parenting life. All this, yeah, all she this ended up, like, not wanting to give the kids back into the custody of, like, uh, Kevin Federline's people and, like, locked herself in a bathroom. Yeah. With her. I think she had already given, like, the one, the one son, like, they had, like, did the exchange. But, like, she just refused to, like, give her youngest son away and locked herself wow. in the bathroom with uh, her youngest son. And it took, like, three hours before they could get her out, and uh, she was immediately checked into uh, isn't wasn't it Cedar Sinai? Uh, yeah, she was put in. Uh, I, I I didn't catch exactly where it was, but yeah. she was put on a involuntary psychiatric hold. This is called a fifty one fifty. Fifty one fifty. Yeah, and uh, this in, in this situation, it's when someone can actually be held against their will, um, like in all in all aspects of it. Like basically, they have like the rights of a prisoner. Um, when like they might be uh, a danger to themselves or others. people around them, yeah, yeah. So this is the first time where she's just totally vanquished of any like agency whatsoever. So after her release from the psychiatric hospital, Brittany was put under what's called a conservatorship, which vanquished full control of all of her legal rights, her financial rights to her father. And let's get into what the fuck a conservatorship is. This is what you came for, baby. This is like the real thing of the episode. So a conservatorship, uh, a thing that's usually reserved for um, extreme situations and people who are like older or with a, a severe illness who can't control their um, estate or their even uh, daily activities or something. It's all, it's very rare that a conservatorship is uh, put on someone who's a sound mind. A sound mind yeah. and as young as Brittany, but it does happen. And basically it's something where someone comes in, steps into your life, and they can – they basically take control of your finances or you're uh, basically taking care of you in your everyday life and doing – doing things that you can't legally do for yourself anymore because you've been deemed incapable. Yeah, and and I think this is partially like a California law thing um, because yeah, this has actually happened to like other celebrities. It's, like, it's, it's been called a guardianship in other states and stuff, but it's, it's, it's something reserved for like, like I said, an older person, someone with a severe mental illness or like even a child. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, and, and in this situation, it's just like, yeah, like – this she is such a huge celebrity, such a huge money machine for so many people, and they start realizing like that that could be threatened. Then they jump in legally into her life, which is strange. Like if she was a normal person, the psychiatric breakdown she probably would have gotten better because I think that yeah. what triggered the psychiatric breakdown in the first place was 
all this control that was over her life. Yeah. So now that like she she has no control, she loses it, and they're like, okay, now we can legally take advantage of this. Now you actually have no control of your life. You're just pretty much a puppet for money at that point. Hmm. Yeah. Um. So this conservatorship was actually supposed to be. Uh, temporary, but we'll see how that winds up. But anyway, her father was in charge of Britney Spears completely, but he had no real idea how to handle Britney's like big life as a performer and a huge celebrity. Yeah, so, ain't no fucking scope of context for this. He's fucking just country boy, baby. But um, they wanted her parents wanted Sam Lefty a hundred percent out of her life. Yeah, they did not like, fuck with her. He was part of the reason why they, uh, you know, they think that she was going through all these problems and stuff. So. Uh, her dad uh, becomes a co-conservator along with this attorney named Andrew Wallet. Oh, yeah, Wallet. What a name. In 2008, Britney dropped her next huge album, Circus, once again topping the Billboard charts with the song Womanizer. Womanizer, woman, womanizer. That was a song that, like, that was a Britney song that, like, I'd heard and, like, didn't know it was Britney. Yeah, it's same. Like, this, this is this is the period that I was referring to earlier. Like, yeah. This is when, like, I, I heard pop songs, I thought they were just miscellaneous pop musicians, and then later on I realized, oh, that was Britney Spears. Yeah, like, this is, becomes a period of, like, Britney doing a way different style of music. I'm yeah, kinda yeah. Falling into that kind of electronic-type vibe and stuff and everything that was happening around that time. But, um, yeah. There's a few songs like this. Bops, for bops, sure. Certified Bops. But, like, this is not the Britney Spears. This is not Oops, I Did It Again. Britney. Yeah, no longer. Definitely not. Um, but This is Britney, bitch. Yeah. But uh, behind the scenes of all this shit, her conservatorship had actually been made permanent. So she just put out a, a real, like, comeback album that everybody really fucks with. Like, everything is looking awesome, but she still has no control over her own life. She can't drive, vote, spend her own money. She only has 30% custody of her kids, and she allegedly can't go uh, on a date or use her phone without being monitored. Bro, I actually read this article er earlier today where she had to take the hashtag out of an Instagram post that of I'm with her to show her support of Hillary Clinton during the 2016 election because she wasn't legally allowed to vote. Wow. So she can't even show support legally. She can't even show support. She had to take it out of her Instagram post. She can't. She also can't even talk about the conservatorship. So, like, in 2008, as early as 2008 is when, like, I think I think what happened was they got the temporary conservatorship and uh, Sam Lefty, you know, had it for a little bit. Who he's actually just about to get a, they're about to get him out of the picture. But in, in this time period, I don't it's think like he ever had part of the conservatorship. He's like that's like, what I had heard in really? my research. Yeah, that he he had yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was part of the conservatorship. Really? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, her manager. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, think about it. By this point, like, I think it's coming clear that, like, Britney Spears' conservatorship is a cash cow type of thing. Anyone involved in that can make money off of it because you're attached to someone who is so rich who just, they think, doesn't know how to spend her own money. Um, So, uh, yeah, in 2009, she got a restraining order against Sam Lefty, um, and she embarked on a worldwide tour for Circus and started dating her new manager in 2010. So she's just two managers of just... Super yeah. intimate connections. Yeah, this manager was actually this guy was the one who was the manager who was made co-conservator. Yeah, uh, I can't remember his name, Adam or something, something. Either way, like Britney's pumping out music still. She's uh, putting out albums. She goes on this circus world tour, which is fucking huge. This is the time when people are st- starting to say it's Britney back or Britney's back and stuff like. And a lot of like hardcore Britney stands at this time, like who went to see this tour. 
had great things to say. This was like a big performance tour with a lot of different like stage acts and stuff like that, and this was a big deal, and it was well received. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think around this time, it's like I feel like, and this is just speculation, that Britney was just like trying to show her. her competence or like mm. or like you know i'm still doing it i'm still britney like i'm i'm still selling out shows and performing music performing. apparently she's like a real pro in the studio too like yeah. she's obviously a pro when it comes to performing like in every aspect she is totally mentally competent yeah yet she still has this absurd um conservatorship so the circus album and the tour was like kind of a hit like yeah um, so this is like when she started to get a, uh, she, I think it was around this time that she got her Vegas residency. Um, but, uh, yeah, in the new decade, she kicked it off with an album called Femme Fatale in 2011, which yeah. had a straight up dubstep beat down in the song Hold It Against Me. Yeah, Femme Fatale is actually a little before her Vegas residency, but, like, this is still another huge album filled with hits and bops like that, like, like we said, that she was pumping out at this time, and another huge world tour. Yeah. Like, the people who weren't on board by the circus, whoever were, like, Britney, actual fans who weren't on, on on board by the circus tour, were 100% on board and still fucking with Britney by Femme Fatale. Well, here's the thing I'm wondering, you know, because she's working so hard, she's always in the studio, how much do you think that, like, like, how close do you think on a day-to-day basis her handlers have to her life? Do you think it's, like, every single move, or do you think that's kind of like, all right, Britney, you go do your own thing and we'll just run your money? Around this time, because I kind of get the feeling that at this point, the reason that she's popping off like this is because they got the conservatorship popping off. They're like, all right, we got to sell her to Las Vegas. We got to put out these records. We got to do these bigger tours. Like, we all got to get paid now. Dude, like you said earlier with some of the stipulations to her conservatorship, as far as I think the conservatorship goes, it's like all encompassing, dude. Like, she can't have a fucking phone without being monitored. She can't go out. She can't drive. She can't go to fucking Starbucks or anything without being monitored or, like, in some way watched over. I think there was some podcast or something where Iggy Azalea talked about some meetings she had with Britney Spears, where Britney Spears had got to come over and they got to, like, kind of work on something. And uh, Iggy Azalea said that, like, People had to come and, like, search her fucking house, like, thoroughly before, like, Britney could come through and make sure she didn't have, like, drugs or secret messages or something like that. Like, you know, they... You can't even hang out with... She can't even have any resemblance to, like, a normal life. Absolutely not. If you want to hang out with her, if you want to have a slumber party with Britney, you gotta have someone, like, seize your house. (laughs) Yeah, literally, dude. Like, the feds or something. (laughs) And that's why I think that that other manager that had co-conservatorship over her... Uh, that she actually did get engaged to for a time around this time. That's why I think that's shit's that's kind of some fuck shit too. Like I think that could have been some like setup shit where this dude it's like pre-approved by her other co-conservator, her dad and shit, or and Andrew Wallet to be like you know, yeah this guy's good. Uh, he's vetted. He can watch over you and like you know what I think you can marry him. Kaytan, uh, I see and hear you raising your hand in our in our Google Meet uh, room right now. Wait, you hear that? Yeah, you're you're using the hand raise feature. This is the feature that I use when I'm teaching my students, usually in this Google Meet room. I'm just clicking on shit, listening to Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Okay, can we talk about Hold Against Me and how it has a straight, like, beat down at the end, though? I love that fucking Yeah! <laughs> she just it goes hard. 
Katy wrote that song. Katy Perry wrote that song? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Holy and, shit. And, and, like, during the dubstep beatdown, like, Britney Spears is literally beating up, like, uh, another version of herself, like a clone of herself. I feel so like that stupid. video's really weird. That part just goes, like, left. I don't know what that video's about, but in the middle of it, she just starts beating herself up. I mean, I get it. I think, I mean, that's, I think whenever Britney d- is able to leak out her own creative influence, I think it's, like, subtle ways of kind of, like, putting out her pain, honestly. I, that's kind of how I see that type of stuff. A lot of that type of vibe she was going for. I mean, she's beating herself up. Like, symbolically, there's a lot to that. Um, but, yeah. And, and yeah, after that is when she actually launched her... Uh, she launched a closing, uh, clothing company, a residency in Las Vegas. She's got, like, perfumes and shit coming out. Like, in just all aspects, Britney is now a full-fledged business. Yeah. She's been a product. Yeah, she is a total product. Um, and in 2012, Brittany became engaged to her now former manager, the guy, the man, her former manager, who she started dating. Um, and that guy became her new legal conservator. So imagine being engaged to Britney Spears and you're her conservator. This weird. Is, this is probably a weird way of, uh, uh, some sort of freedom for her though. You know, it's like, if it's some dude yeah. that she has feelings for and like, this is like, okay, I'm not just under my dad and, and big like attorney Andrew wallet, but just this guy that I like can be in a house with who knows how to run things, but yeah. he's also close to me. So it's yeah. like, I think, yeah, it, that's so sad, man. It's, it, it's incredibly sad. What's so crazy about this, you know, is just that, you know, you think of her as having this like huge lavish lifestyle, but when you get into the story of it, it's just so sad. The types of limitations she has to have date to date her, to feel like she has to date her manager, just to have some sort of agency in the world. It's insane. It's almost I mean, like she's she was singing about this type of shit in her song "Lucky" way yeah. before this. I mean, she's she's not she's not human at this point. At this point in her life, she is literally just a machine to make money. She is an ATM to these people. Yeah, legally, she's not like a human anymore. Yeah. Legally, she's got less rights than a child, and yeah. richer than any of us will ever be. <laughs> What's weird is 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 uh, in 2012 as well. She actually went on to host, or uh, no, or not to host, but to be a celebrity judge on the X Factor with Simon Cowell yeah. and uh, Demi Lovato. But apparently, she was just really awkward and weird on it. No, apparently, she was great on it, dude. She- I heard she was bad because like she would always like she would just like she didn't know how to give bad criticism, and she kind of was really brief about things. She didn't know how to handle criticism to herself. Really? A lot of the storylines like revolved around her, but I don't know. I, I didn't watch it myself, so I can't. It's I probably can't. just like all designed as well though, you know? Yeah. But, um, uh, so we're going to skip over a few years. Um, she did put out Brittany Jean in 2012 and, uh, the single, which is even more important work bitch in 2013. So shout out to that. You better work, bitch. <laughs> um, so that makes s- it to the playlist. I mean, that's staying like, I'm keeping that from this episode. Yeah. yeah. I should probably add that. What song, what songs have y'all added to y'all's playlist from doing this episode? Okay. Scream and shout. I, I've, I've re remembered that song, that song with her. Will I am fucking, um, definitely work, bitch. And give me more. Give me more. Yeah. yeah. I give me more toxic. And every time those are like now permanent staples of my day to day life. Right after uh, black metal. <laughs> every time, um, fuck, lucky and uh, maybe one more time. Yo, I know we're getting the weeds a little bit here, but how crazy is it that like the last music episode we did that wasn't Macrocrest, that wasn't about us, was <laughs> black metal. We did black metal, and now we're doing Britney fucking Spears. We're like, on our music shit. We got to get out of here. I can imagine like looking at this podcast and being like, "Oh, Britney Spears!" Like, "Oh, black metal? what?" <laughs> like, we got to get out of the music verse. 
Oh, we we're gonna we you know we're gonna do some more music. We got some shit coming. Music is fun. Yeah, we're gonna do this is this is an all positive female podcast right now. But yeah. the next one we're gonna do is Hillary Clinton, and I'm just gonna call her the c word the entire fucking podcast. <laughs> so you better sub- like and subscribe so you can listen to that episode. <laughs> um, so Britney had released her ninth album in 2016 titled Glory, and that is like pretty much her most recent like original album. Um, and it received a great deal of success in the industry, and it launched another world tour, another Vegas residency, um, and she's still just making millions of dollars. So 2016 is kind of this is going to be the breaking point of this particular era before we get into what's next. She's still making millions of dollars and still paying like one point one million dollars a year for her own conservatorship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like the total cash cow. Like uh, I think like it costs a million dollars to uphold it. Her dad gets like a hundred thousand dollars a year, and she gets like what five thousand a week, something like that. Some weird something budget. Like three five thousand dollars a week or something. But around this time, like she is huge. She's apparently so huge that there was a uh, an election going down in Israel that had to get like postponed because her tour was going to be close to it and it was going to clog traffic. So I just looked up her net worth right now. She's worth over $200 million. God damn. And she's given $5,000 a week. That is fucking wild, dude. That is so insane, dude. But uh, things are going well for a few years. And um, now we're getting kind of into like our modern day. So in January of 2019, Britney actually went on a hiatus and even canceled an upcoming Vegas residency show, which costed everybody like millions um, after her father was admitted to a hospital because of a colon rupture. Yeah, so she was uh, set to do a second residency in Vegas and um, she canceled it because of health problems, like you said, with her father and stuff. Mm hmm. And a lot of people think that uh, a, a big reason for this is, like, basically, you know, that's her main conservator. So, like, she legally, she legally cannot do anything without him. That's what people believe. But um, I don't know how much I'm buying that. But this is when we kind of get into the yeah. whole Free Britney kind of conspiracy type of there's, stuff. I was going to say, there's a lot of weird conspiracies that, from this point on. Uh, yeah. We're getting, we're getting into Donald Trump era Britney Spears. <laughs> QAnon. We're, we're jumping into the QAnon verse. Yeah. <laughs> um, so soon after her father was admitted to the hospital, Britney's m- manager, Andrew fucking Wallet, again, resigned his co conservator, leaving Britney all alone. He's never said why, really. No one really knows why he stopped. Maybe he just he got his money and he got out we don't know led to more like there's a whole rabbit hole of conspiracy theories but yeah yeah um are you guys are you guys reading my eyelashes right now oh (laughs) we getting there baby we getting there um but after all this shit went down like her you know her dad almost died her manager just left she was again admitted to a psychiatric ward because she was just tripping out again um and in april 2019 a podcast called britney's gram which is a which is devoted to analyzing britney spears instagram and other social media accounts claimed that Britney was being held against her will and had actually canceled the Vegas residency because she was refusing to take her medication, meaning that she was pretty much being given, like, forced medication. Yeah, saying that, like, that Britney is being held against her will this whole time in prison in a way of some kind and drugged, even. Yeah. And, uh, of course, this led to rabid conspiracy theories about Britney's well-being. The the hashtag free Britney movement thing had already kind of already been coined since what like 09 since yeah, the yeah. since since it all started. Since shortly after the conservatorship, but this was adding 
that 2019, 2020 yeah. spin on it, baby. We're fucking making this a sign shit. of the times. This is Britney in this day and age, exactly. Right in the in this kind of like paranoid. Let's time. really get fucking messed out about all this shit, guys. Let's really lose our minds now. But when it was first popping, a bunch of people got involved in the hashtag Free Britney movement, like um, Cher, Paris Hilton, Molly Cyrus supported it. But even the fucking ACLU got in on the case because something was just just seemed so wrong with what was going on with Britney. The ACLU was was investigating this. And, I mean, yeah, the Free Britney movement was getting so crazy that even demonstrators appealed at City Hall in Hollywood to protest Britney being held at this facility during this time. Um, but eventually Britney was released, and she put out a public statement just saying, I'm okay. Like, she was just like, she know she knew about this protest. Like, she caught wind of the Free Britney thing. But she's just like, I'm good, guys. I'm out of, I'm out of the psychiatric ward. It's all good. But people still were like, nah. Well, hell yeah. The people that believe that she's being held against her will would also believe that some of her Instagram and social media posts are fabricated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, around this time, her father was getting better. He became her co-conservator. He became her main conservator again. Um, and a new co-conservator entered the fray, named Jody Montgomery, who was apparently her personal care manager. So just another guy who just kind of like, which kind of makes sense actually. Personal care manager, whatever the fuck that job entitles, makes sense to be someone that's maybe running those aspects of your life, I guess. It's just wild that there's just a rotating door of people yeah. that are in charge of a grown woman's fortune and life. Yeah, man. It is – I think that's what – I think people catching on to this uh, this pattern is I think probably what really launched this. I, I think the Free Britney movement – I guess we can kind of start getting into it now. But like as it is now, um, I think it has like the best intentions. But uh, I feel like – I don't know. I don't know. They, they've kind of like been a little bit intrusive themselves, and I feel like they're kind of also riding the wave of. Yeah, we got some wackos in the bunch. That's for yeah, sure. yeah. Um, so the free Britney movement, like as legit as it was at first, it started to get a little bit, uh, yeah, QAnon-y, um around kind of 2020 when QAnon starts getting bigger. Um, people, well, as you can imagine, like we're all a bunch of people. It's a global pandemic. We're all in quarantine and like fucking. That's when the conspiracies start going a little wild. People got time to go in these rabbit holes, you know? know? So people start, like, analyzing her social media, especially that podcast, Britney's Graham. um, And they start, like, looking for these little subtle messages from Britney Spears that are supposed to give out some kind of message about how she's being held captive. Like, um, there's one situation where a – where was it? Um, There was a picture of her that had a camera, tree, and cherry flower emoji. Um and the acronym for that is CTC, and people believe that that was spelling "call the cops." Oh yeah, you know CTC, call the cops. Yeah, like of course. There's there's one. Uh, there's another one where uh, I, there's some legitimacy to this, I suppose. But there's one situation where someone in the comments said, "Brittany, if you need help, wear yellow." And apparently, her next post was yellow. Um, but who knows if she actually read through those thousands of comments that are on that image? Brittany, if you need help, breathe. <laughs> breathe yeah dude but the worst one the like the dumbest evidence i've seen of this whole free britney movement though was that was that one uh where uh there's a picture of her where her eyelashes were like really prominent so the post said something about like oh nature is so beautiful and if you look through the eyes you can tell the true meaning of something some dumb shit like that and people allege that like 
in her eyelashes. If you like zoom in all the way, you could see in her eyelashes it said, "Call nine one one." Let's let's run that back. If you look into her eyelashes, her eyelashes will tell you to call nine one one. Bro, I'm not even like trying to even like pretend like that's real, <laughs> but I will say. The right eye definitely looked like it said 911, bro. But that was also them super zoomed in and, like, highlighting the eyelashes. But, like, I could definitely see it on that. I could, I could see the 911. Okay, town I want you to get the fuck out of my face right yeah, now. Man, that's I want you yeah, but I don't, I don't think it was real. Like, I could see. I think it's a coincidence. Mm-hmm. That her but eyelashes, that's why, but but that's what it, that's all they would need. They would need less than that to like yeah. jump on a conspiracy and say that like call for, call nine one one. And how could for, how would well, she, yeah how could nine one one help you? Well, she had yeah. she had no no she wanted you to call Skrillex. So like, <laughs> oh, oh. she had that she had listen here I'm tr- I'm trying I'm in their mindset right now okay. Yes, she that, had baby. that one she had that one song hold it against me that had the dubstep down. Skrillex made dubstep popular. His first big song, um, something of the Equinox, what's it? Starting on the Equinox or whatever. It has that line where like the person screams, call 911 now. So she was actually just shouting so, out Skrillex? That was just a shout out? No, she was like, call Skrillex. So the truth is Skrillex. <laughs> so does Skrillex have yeah. the key to this mystery? I mean, yeah, I mean. Call, call Skrillex. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy, man, because, like, I think there's definitely something to be said about how Britney's being held against the will, um, but, like, some of this is just getting a little bit too wild. I don't think he's reaching out like that, but I, I guess we, we'll save that for the for the yeah. end. Yeah. Um, so, these are some of the more recent updates. So, since this time period, uh, Britney's dad, for one, had referred to the Free Britney movement as a joke, um, but he was actually taken out of the conservatorship in November of this year, 2020, so just, like... Weeks before we recorded this episode, um, he's actually officially left the conservatorship, leading that guy Jody Montgomery as a primary conservator. Um, but then her co-conspirator is a corporate fiduciary called Bessemer Bessemer Trust. Her co-conservator? Her co-conservator is a trust. It's a bank that just manages money. But she's uh, she actually so she she wanted the bank she wanted that company to be a part of it because that's what they do. They're kind of like a neutral voice. Like I looked, I looked into the company because I thought it was like wild that a, a corporation owned a person, but like they're more of like a neutral voice that doesn't really have like a side to pick in it. They're kind of just like the mediary. Yeah, she I mean they, they still they still making money, but like they're not like they they're don't give a dad. shit. Like, that is more, not her dad. That is a more logical place to go. Like when people get like very rich, they have to start like getting these firms that manage the money. We just got regular ass banks yeah. and shit. But like it, yeah. it makes sense as a celebrity for her to be like to have be in touch with this fund. It's a little bit strange that they're like a co-conservator, but I think that is some way of her kind of being closer connected to her money. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's a yeah. neutral party. It's not someone who's just trying to leech off of her, at least as far as we know. I mean, who knows? Maybe even the bank's like, hey, baby, we got to get more out of Britney you in know, 2021, baby. We got to get, we gotta get well, out of Britney. Well, they, they, they make their money by the money just sitting in their accounts. Like, like That's how a bank makes money. Like when you, when you deposit your money into a bank, they take that money and invest it. True, true, yeah. So like they borrow against it. So like whether, whether she's spending the money or not, if it's in their bank, they're making money off of it. Hell yeah. So that is the most recent news from Britney Spears. Uh, oh, and also she dropped a collab with the, Bra- the Backstreet Boys called Matches. 
mediocre. No, at best. she she dropped it with Black Street. <laughs> Did I say no. Black Street? No, she, no, 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 no. She dropped it with Backstreet Boys. You might have heard of them. Uh, I was. No, I thought you were talking about Black Street. Black Street was the shit, though. I they did that Rugrats song with uh, Aaliyah. With Aaliyah. Yeah, not at all. Bro, no No, dignity. no, Maya, Maya, my bad, Maya. No, no, Maya, they did uh, They did the Rugrats song. They did no diggity. That's like the biggest Black Street toys. Anyway. They all, no, the Rugrats song I feel like is way bigger. All right, boys. So there's the <laughs> don't tale. Me, don't, don't, I can see the fucking face through the camera, bro. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, there is the tall tale of Britney Spears from being like small time, just small town girl to being a superstar icon, like deity of pop culture. Where do the good times boys stand on this? Britney, baby, you've been through all these producers, but now you come to us, the kings, and we're going to judge whether or not your good times are killing us or not. Okay. Who wants to kick it off? I'll kick it off, but I do want to start with. The question, exactly. Is Britney, are we asking, is Britney Spears, as a pop icon, as a mega pop superstar, is she killing us? Whatever you think Britney Spears is. Okay, okay. The biggest part of Britney Spears. True. So, Britney Spears, you stand before us, a pop icon, a mega celebrity superstar. Thank you Uh, for coming, by the way. Yeah, yeah, thank you. But, um, I, I... I've I found a, a big reverence for Britney Spears in these last couple of weeks, like like going over everything and, and like listening to her music, finding these songs that I didn't know that I even loved like that. Even listening to her older songs that I knew that were played on the radio all the time, like, uh, you know, Maybe One More Time or Oops, I Did It Again. And finding the like, the things that make that shit like so good, like, like you know, but um, and I think she's great. I think she's a legend. I think she's an icon. I think you got to give people their roses while they're here. And I'm giving Britney Spears roses. You're not killing us. Hey. A hundred percent on my part. I will say, though, that this fucking industry, this machine that she's been put through as a child star, it's a child celebrity, and uh, this conservatorship, dude, the industry killing us. The, 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 The hoops she's had to go through since she was a fucking literal child. Mm-hmm. Killing us, killed her, killing her, drove her. You know, you know, gave her hard times, terrible times. And this conservatorship, I don't know, I don't know, man, I don't know all the details of this shit, and it just seems like some fuck shit. Yeah, 100%. I think that's killing us, man. That the- conservatorship, in some way, shape, or form, it's not good. There's okay. some fishy shit to it. So, so you're giving us you're giving us the first ever twofer. You're you're giving us Britney Spears yeah. and the conservator separate. Yeah, I'm Cam answering Virgil. almost three. I'm answering almost three. I'm answering Britney Spears. You are not killing us. I love you. We stand a queen. Okay. Um, I'm answering the industry and the machine that she's been shuffled through since a child. That's killing us. What else are you talking about? And I'm answering the conservatorship. Hmm. Also, the law itself killing us mm. so for me i'm gonna have I'm, I'm i've been trying to like think about how i want to judge this because the, yeah there are so many different criteria through which you can judge like whatever britney spears is and i'm gonna try to combine all of those 
into one. Okay. Um, so yeah, me as well. Like I, I really found Britney Spears doing this research and I've definitely fallen in love with a lot of her music. I think it's fucking awesome. I think she's a great singer. She loves to perform. And I think at the end of the day, she's really just a regular person who's just kind of like, you know, I really think that she's a regular person. Her as a person has not really done anything bad. That's the thing is like Britney Spears, the person, the human being like has done nothing bad that warrants her killing us. However, like she's like, she's like a cyborg. She's like, she is that person, but she's also combined so deeply into that machine. It's been grinded into her since she was a kid. Like the, like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. Like from a kid, she's doing all this work to help fund her parents and when she gets older, all she knows how to do is just make money for people and, like, do what people say and make money. That's that's the only way of life that she ever knew. So, like, that machine and her, I think they've really joined. And I think Britney Spears, even to a degree, as tragic as it is, I think, a, uh, I think a part of the reason she's, you know, had these mental breakdowns is because I think she doesn't really know who she is entirely. I think when you're that much warped into that system, you kind of lose sense of your identity. And I think there are so many times where she was trying to get that out. And that's what's so tragic about this. But that overall, like, when I say, like, what what is Britney Spears, I think I'm going to judge it based on, like, what Britney Spears is as a concept, not exactly as a person. Um, like, what she means to uh, our, our culture what has an icon, the fact that we have given this type of reverence her, to her, despite the fact that, like, all this is going on, we kind of subtly accept this, the fact that this is acceptable in society at all, that aspect of Britney Spears is fucking killing us. So I'm going to say the the deity, the god that is Britney Spears is killing us. That's a wrap. That's my take. Baby, Britney, you're killing us. Well, y'all are killing us. I can't even say you're. I can't even make it singular. Britney, the company that is Britney is killing us. The corporation of Britney Spears. The concept of Britney Spears is killing us. <clears throat> so, Cape Town, are the good times right. killing us? So, Britney Spears is the American tragedy. She is the American dream. She's everything you want to be and not want to be all rolled into one. Mm. She was a hardworking, good Christian girl from Louisiana that fought and scraped her way to the top of the world. She's, she's like the epitome of the American dream. Like you, you've made it big. You, you pulled yourself up by your bootstraps and, um, but that making it has a cost and that cost is everything. Um, she's lost her, she's lost her identity. She's lost her children. Hmm. She's lost her freedom. She's only lost everything. Only seventy percent of her children. Only seventy percent. <laughs> yeah, she's got so so, so like a full kid and part of the kid. Yeah, <laughs> like a kid and a half. She's lost. <laughs> but no, I mean she she's just like she's a cautionary tale of like nothing nothing no matter what you do nothing's gonna come out your way. Life is a dark void and no matter what, no matter how lucky you get, how fucking famous you get, no matter how hard you get, you're still going to be miserable at the end of the day because the world is a shitty fucking place to live. Nobody gets a free pass. No one gets a free pass. No matter what. Um, she was a beautiful young girl. She's an amazingly talented, wonderful, beautiful person who has to live every day as a shadow of herself, she from a young age has been molded to 
talk a certain way, to sing a certain way, to act a certain way, to say certain things. Nothing about her right now is who she truly is. And I think that's like un, un, undescribably sad. Yeah. If anything, I just feel sad for her. Um, I don't think anyone in her shoes deserves that type of life. Um, I don't think she's killing us. I I think we all pretty much are saying the same thing. Britney Spears, the person, is is fine. She's uh she's an amazingly talented singer and performer, but the industry that created Britney Spears is is horrible. It's it's monstrous what they've done to this one person, and they continue to do. I mean, since the dawn of Hollywood and like the term celebrity. This has always been it. Even queens and ki- kings and queens back in the day, like King George and all them, like every aspect, like everything's it. It heavy sits the crown. Yeah. Um. And she definitely, that crown has broken Britney Spears' neck many a times, and she ain't able to hold it up no more. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think I think Britney Spears isn't killing us, but Britney Spears the the idea is killing us. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think it, it shows a lot about like um, how we deify celebrity in our culture, but also kind of how we treat women for the fact that like this, yeah. th- this is something that just like has been taken as kind of normal. Like you don't hear about this happening to dudes. Like, Never. Oh, well, that's like during the same period that Britney Spears was having her mental breakdown and got her conservatorship started. You had people like Colin Farrell, getting drunk and going to bars and like starting fights and acting wild. You had fucking Mel Gibson calling a cop sugar tits and yelling anti-Semitic shit and losing, you know, a bunch of movie deals, like going fucking crazy, threatening to kill. And they still have control over their lives. No one stepped in and said, Hey, you're, you're crazy. Charlie Sheen, fucking Kanye West. Charlie Sheen. Yeah. A laundry list of male celebrities, quote unquote, that are fine. And like, no one's, no one's stepping in to take control of them or say that they're not mentally stable to manage their estate or anything like that. So yeah, I do think it's some patriarchy fuck shit that's going on with that's conservatorship. And I do think we're all kind of, we're all kind of saying the own thing in our own different way. So we just like to thank ourselves again for stomping the out the back. patriarchy. Another pat on the back to us. Great job. I, just, I think you guys, we're, we're the ones that are going to make a difference. So woke. These, so woke. Just, yeah, we are the wokest ones, and y'all aren't as woke as us because we, uh, we decided to, to make that tough stance. But yes, I mean, yeah, down with the patriarchy, y'all. I mean, this is like, I think the, the like... That's really what we're getting at is is this control. How does inter- how does Britney Spears interface with society? Um, so speaking of society, it's we live in a vast we world. We live in a society. We live in a say. whole society. We live in a vast world that's even a smaller part of a vast galaxy. And if you go really, really far away, you might wind up in another galaxy far, far, far away. away. Uh Anyway, so this is Kate Towns. A long, long time ago. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. So this is, this is Kate Towns' new segment. So we want to introduce a new segment. I don't even want to say it's Kate Towns' segment because I I think it would be cool 
if we could rotate this sometimes, and whoever's got a better one could just take the lead and, and like, spearhead it. But we want to see. We've got new topics all the time, and we're Star Wars fans. We love Star Wars. We love everything that's happening that happened in Star Wars, everything that's happening now with Star Wars, and, uh, and the future to come with all these new releases and shit. But... I don't know what we'll call the segment, but we want to we want to see whatever topic we talk about. Let's see if we can relate this to Star Wars in one minute or less. The force is everywhere. I mean, this is literally so. Basically, this is like we already do this, so now we're <laughs> going to put it on air. Yeah. Just like I always spit Nazism, like Nazis, <laughs> into a podcast. Every podcast. We fit Star Wars into the podcast, so I'm going to go on a fucking nerd rant. I'm going to black out. My eyes are going to roll in the back of the head. Um, We're going to put it on wax. I'm sorry. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm going to mic up Google. Okay. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell Google, give you one minute on the clock, and I want you to give one minute to relate the tragedy of Britney Spears to Star Wars in any way, shape, or form that you see fit. Kids, right, are you ready? Down, are you ready? Yeah. Hey, Google. Put one minute on the clock, starting now. One minute, starting now. All right, so Britney Spears is basically Queen Amidala. So Padme is Queen Amidala. She's the leader of this whole world. She's the icon that everyone looks up to. She steps down from that, has a little bit of a mental breakdown when the Trade Federation takes over Naboo and tries to kill her and start this whole intergalactic fucking civil war. She becomes a senator. Um, she has a mental breakdown. She starts having all her fucking walls put up around her. People are coming after her. The, the bounty hunters slash paparazzi are coming mm. to take care of her. And the Jedis are fucking the oppressive conservatorship, holding her in and not mm. letting her. Wow, I like it. Wow. Is that it? Done. You didn't even yeah, need the done. whole minute. You didn't even need the whole minute. You didn't even need the whole fucking minute. <laughs> Very nice. I accept it. Payne, do you accept it? I accept that. Yeah, like the Jedi. The Jedis are like Hollywood and Anakin Skywalker is like Sam Lefty or some shit. Like, just say, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. any of her shithead managers that just like do this shit that, that make it work like that. Dude. I love this. You didn't even need the whole minute. Hey, Google. Wow. Cancel. All right, guys. Y'all want to shut it down then? I All right. Ba- dude, that was it. Britney Spears. Baby, you came here. We love you. We love you. Free Britney. But, uh, you know, st- chill out with the QAnon shit. Free Britney movement. But anyway, uh, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Y'all, do you have any other shout outs before we wrap this one on up? Uh, just the regular shit. Follow us on Facebook at uh, the Good Times Are Killing Us podcast. Where you can hit us up, you know. Uh, tell us what you think of the podcast. Suggest suggestions if you've got something you want us to talk about. We need more women episodes, baby. Give some controversial women. Follow us on Instagram at Good Times Killing Us Podcast. No spaces. And follow us on the Twitter at Good underscore Times underscore Day. Uh, That's a wrap, y'all. So, uh, you know what? You know what I wish? What do you wish? All right, so this one's for Brittany. Death to the fucking patriarchy, baby. You're dead. Brittany and her family moved back to Louisiana, where she reportedly became bored of the normal high school lifestyle after a brief stint with the entertainment industry. Quote, 
I was so bored. I was the point guard on the basketball team. I had my boyfriend, and I went to homecoming and Christmas formal. Okay. But I wanted more. Yo, don't disrespect her by talking like that. You, you want to do her boy skates on? I was so bored. I was so bored. <laughs> <laughs> I was so bored. I was the point guard in basketball team. I was a point guard. Um, and something wasn't right, yeah. 